Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your hosts, Tom Zappala and Boston sports personality, John Mallory. Johnny boy, welcome. What's up, buddy? You look good. You look good, too. You have the new shirt on. Yeah, yeah, we got some new jerseys. I know. Uh, I just uh, gave you yours. You did? I'm going to debut mine the next time I'm on. You owe me 50 bucks. Um, other than that. <laughs> In that know, case, uh, you'll be getting mine back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, Tom Zappler and my good buddy, Boston sports personality, writer, bar, you do everything. Radio do. personality, TV. Send me John, a check, I will do it. JM, Johnny Mallory. <laughs> uh, don't forget, you can listen to us wherever I repeat, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and please don't forget to share us on Facebook. Yes. But you can listen to us anywhere. If you're in the bathroom and you have right. your phone with you, you can say, Alexa, play the Great American Collectible Show. Boom. Right? And there we are. Right. All right, listen, we have a good show today. We have Calvin Arnold from REA Auctions and Jeff Marin from Rockers coming in a little later on. But first, an announcement and our headlines. We're going to start a new segment. Uh, many of you, and the response has been great. Uh, to our Gax moments, another Gax moment. Uh, every week uh, we have been uh, posting one, and the response has been great. So we're going to be incorporating it into our show every week after the break. Another Gax moment by yours truly. Gax being G-A-C-S. Yeah, Great American Collectible Show. Thank you. Or as Chrissy says, what do you say? What's the other uh, uh, abbreviation? <laughs> A-S-M or something? I can't remember. For another Gax moment yeah. would be AGM. AGM, thank you. A-S-M. Okay. ASM would be. <laughs> That's a different abbreviation she yeah. has for you. <laughs> yeah. All right, but first. I didn't know you knew that one. Before we get to Calvin, our headlines. And the grading was continued. <clears throat> SCG now has a mobile app, JM, available via both Google Play for Android users and Apple's App Store. Plus, plus. They also announced they've cut the cost of grading to 15 bucks a card for all sports and non-sports cards with a 5 to 10 day turnaround time. You think they're putting a little pressure on PSA? So let me ask you a question. So you can go on the app and have your card graded Absolute, just through well, the you app? Can, you can, uh, that's a good question. <clears throat> Collectors can fill out a submission form okay. via the app. All right. Track the progress of their submissions, verify the certain numbers and that. So now PSA comes back and they say PSA customers now have some post-grading flexibility. The company says they can now send individual cards to one of three places once cards are graded. These, those options include storage at the PSA vault, consignment to auction through its partnership with Golden, or shipping back to their home or business. Previously, customers were required to ship entire orders to the vault or their homes. For more information, you can go to sportscollectorsdaily.com, but the wars are brewing. The that's that's kind of like a, that's kind of a good headline. <clears throat> like that's a big that's big news. Yeah, it is big news. Are you kidding me? A lot of abbreviations on the show so far. SGC, <laughs> PSA, TACS, ASM. <laughs> All right. Let's talk to our, our good friend. Calvin's been on the show with us before. <clears throat> Calvin Arnold from REA Auctions. Calvin, how are you, brother? We're doing great. How are you guys? Good. Hey Calvin, how you doing? Calvin, are you out of Cal? Where are you? I'm currently right now in Texas. Oh, you're in Texas. And yeah, you're all over the place, you guys. What part of I, Texas are you in? 
Uh, northwest of Dallas. Northwest of Dallas. So northwest, yep. Just outside a uh, town called Denton. Denton, that's where the uh, Von Erichs are from. The Restless, right? Aren't they from Denton, Texas? <laughs> Good information right there. You I'm know, pretty sure the Von Erich family is from know Denton, that. Texas. I, I did not know that. They're that, all dead. North, North Texas University is right down the street. Okay. So. Ah, great. Gotcha. gotcha. All right, so listen, you have a, uh, a great auction. Uh, remember, today is Wednesday, so you have a great auction starting tomorrow evening. Tomorrow evening at what time? What time's the auction start? Yeah. Tomorrow usually opens up right around noon Eastern time. So it'll open up uh, tomorrow and it goes, runs through uh, September 24th. I have a couple of items in there. Do you really? I'm not going to tell you what they are because I don't want people to bid on them if they don't want to. I'm not going to say I have a couple of items. You want But they are to the best on. items, right? I think so. Am I Is your name attached to it? Uh, yeah. It says, it says, please, I have a little <laughs> note stuck to them. <laughs> please buy these. <laughs> Please subsidize my income. Exactly. That would be nice. All right. Let's, let's talk about some of the items and some of the athletes sure. behind the items. First thing that stuck out was a bought, you have a ticket. Uh, I'm a big Bill Walton fan. Me too. Big Bill Walton fan. Always have been. You have a ticket from Walton's first game as a Bruin versus Citadel. Correct? Tell us a little Absolutely. bit about that. Tell us about it. It is, uh, it is a very cool ticket. I mean, tickets uh, recently have just... Uh, over the last couple of years, really exploded in popularity and value. And so when you start to sift through your old ticket collections and find uh, some very unique, memorable moments for those tickets, they tend to do incredibly well. I mean, this is a pop one-on-one, I believe. It's Walton's first appearance. Uh, incredible game, 19 points, 14 rebounds. So uh, it's just a cool item. You know, I think something else to note about that actually is, uh, side note, is it's Jamal Wilkes' first debut as well. And he's a, few, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, uh, I'm not sure. Who's, who's, he's, he's a famous uh, sports book writer. John Feinstein? Is that yeah, his name? Yeah, sure. I think he, I don't know if he played on that Citadel team. Oh, is that right? But he played, for, I think it was he that played Citadel? for Citadel. Okay. And uh, he was a pretty good ball player. So can I ask a question, uh, Calvin? The, you sure. know, whenever I hear about tickets from way back when, is it ripped? It is a ticket stub, yes. So, so it's a stub. Uh, the person okay. actually attended the game. Okay. So where does Walton fall in, in your opinion? Well, here's my opinion. If he doesn't get hurt, he's the greatest center who ever lived. I, I kind of agree with that. Uh, no, kind of. If he doesn't get hurt, if he has a full career, even if it's just a 12-year career or something like that, the way he passed the ball, the way he rebounded, his vision on the court, he was also very powerful. He could take the ball to the hole. He could dish the ball off. He's, he's, even, with, even with the injuries, he's the most talented center, I feel, to ever play in the NBA. Your thoughts, Calvin? And in terms of college, he's one of the top three college players who ever played. Oh, there's no doubt. For sure. Calvin, your thoughts? I agree with John. I mean, I think it's arguable, right? I mean, I think you guys are going to have different opinions, but I agree with that. I mean, I think if his uh, career was extended – he would have been likely one of, if not the greatest centers of all time. I mean, he won two championships in college, two championships in uh, in the NBA. I mean, one with the greatest, one of the greatest teams ever, the '86 Celtics, right? So, um, you know, I mean, he's a top fifty player. I mean, I don't think you can argue that he's certainly in the top. He's, uh, yeah, of the I NBA. mean, I I think he's the ultimate <clears throat> what if player. You know, something. In NBA history. And he still made the Hall of Fame, yeah. by the way, even with all the injury-filled seasons. Isn't he so. in the top 50? He's in the top 50, yeah. Right. So, I mean, he's still, he's still recognized, even though he missed probably the equivalent of, like, what, eight years or something like that? You know that something? Let me tell you something. 
If he doesn't play for the 86 Celtics, they do not win that championship. Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, he was he he was no he doubt. was the ultimate six man. He was he was a more valuable player for that one year than and, John Havlicek ever was. And there were a few games that year where he played more than just coming in playing five seven minutes and on one like foot. That. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing is that you know that bench was a tremendous bench. That's what helped them win the title. And he loved playing in Boston. He said it was his it was his loved greatest coming here of his entire college and professional career. Yeah, that was his snapshot yeah. in time. But what he did in Portland can't be overlooked because it was you great. Know, Abdul Jabbar was playing for the Lakers then. There were some good teams, and Calv, you can jump in on this. But he, you know, it, it was it was Bill Walton, and then just a bunch of like good players. Lionel Hollins was a good player. Twardzik was a good player, but they weren't Absolutely. great players. He was the hub of that team. I agree, Calvin. Yeah, I know. Another thing to note, too, is, you know, Walton's UCLA season, that debut game, that was a 30-0 and season for them. That's right. As well. right. So, That's right. About that. I mean, you know, you can tell you can tell how great he was just by the fact that, you know, what he was able to able to accomplish. I think one of the other things, too, is like they have a documentary coming out this year about him, you know, so that tells I did you, not know that. You know, yeah, I that, saw it. That, that tells you how important. Yeah, it's called. It's a four-part documentary called "The Luckiest Guy in the World." I saw so, it. It's unbelievable. It's be, out there now. It, Check it out. It's, I, I will. Oh, it's out there it's, now. Yeah, it's right. fantastic. Hey, fantastic. Uh, you have a 1956 tops mantle. About a month ago, we did a, 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 a GAC segment on that particular card because I feel personally that that 56 tops mantle is is beginning to skyrocket. Skyrocket. Now I know the white is more. Uh, uh, harder to get than the gray, sure. but they're both great cards. Why don't you tell us about that card? Because I know you have the gray in your auction. It's a what PSA six? It's a PSA six. Uh, it's been very consistent over time. I mean, I think if you look at collecting some of the top players in the game, you cannot go wrong. It's going to be very difficult uh, nowadays. People look for eye appeal. I mean, that's what they're looking for. So you combine a guy like Mantle and you look at eye appeal of the card that card will continue to go up. I mean, vintage, these these players cannot do anything to hurt their career any longer. I mean, they are cemented in dead on, uh, dead in on. history of, of the sport. So, yeah, I mean, I think a 56 Mantle draws a lot of interest because of the card design. I think it draws a lot of interest because he won the Triple Crown that year. So you can, um, are you telling me you can't get that 56 Mantle prism with the purple background, one of one, uh, that Super has yeah. you can't get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately not. So I mean, although those might look cooler, but uh, you know, when you talk about when you talk about interest and value. I mean, Mantle's at the top of the top of the list. Absolutely. Can you, and both you guys can comment on this since we just talked about Walton. It's a broad comparison because Mantle had a long career and he played, but there's a yeah. similar quality that Mantle has with Walton. There's a what-if quality to Mickey Mantle. Yeah, with too, the injuries, that's injuries. a good point. Now, he, he put up tremendous stats and had a relatively long career, but can you draw that parallel? There, there's a mythical what-if quality about Mantle that I think makes his cards uh, so enduringly valuable. Would you agree, Calvin? Well, I think that's true to some respect. I think it has a lot to do with the team that he played for. I mean, I've always made the comparison if, you know, Killebrew played for the Yankees, he would be Mickey Mantle. So, you know, I, I think it's tough to compare between those two sports and those eras because baseball was everything to everybody. The The other sports were really largely unknown. Um, they weren't on, you know, they obviously weren't on TV. They, you know, they really didn't have the popularity until later on where baseball absolutely dominated. And you take a guy like Mantle with the Yankees, it's just a winning combination. So let me ask you this. You just made a great point. 
point. So if you flip-flop, Killebrew and Mantle. Killebrew played for the Yankees. Mantle played for the Twins. Does Mantle get the exposure over the over like that he gets today? You know, it's an interesting question and one that's difficult to answer. But like in my personal opinion, I don't think he does. I, I think that the media-centric uh, New York area. I mean, the Yankees winning all those championships, the team that they are elevated the careers of most players. Now, obviously, he had to have the stats to back it up, but and he did. But I think that, again, if you flip-flop those two, I Mantle maybe, you know, fades into the background I a little bit. I kind of agree with Great that. Great stats because, Killebrew, honestly, Killebrew has more home runs. I, yeah, I agree with I, you. I agree with the, the, the big city thing, the New York, Boston, L.A., Chicago thing. I do. But if Mantle's in Minnesota and he's winning triple crowns, and all that. He's still going to be looked upon as one of the greatest of all time. However, he's not going to have the lineup around well, him not only that, that no, he had in I'm New York. Sure. You couldn't pitch around Mickey Mantle, okay? I, I think the question is, does he win triple crowns in Minnesota? Well, that's the thing. If you if your team, no, it, the, You have to have someone on base to knock in to win the RBI I mean, title, you could, right? That, so, that yeah. argument could yeah. go on from, you know, switch. I, we're not, we're not going to switch anybody. We're not going to dwell it, but, you, you know, Musial and DiMaggio well, switched out. If Joe yeah. Namath comes, right? if Joe Namath, yes. if Joe Namath play, signs with the NFL and plays for the St. Louis Cardinals, what is he? Uh, what's the street in, in St. Louis? What's the street? What's he going to be? There's no Broadway. Exactly. He's not Broadway Joe. Exactly. Obviously, yeah. New York makes a huge difference. Hey, uh, Calvin, so you know, what are some of the other highlight items that you guys have? You know, we have a really cool, I mean, we talk about like one of the segments or areas of the market that's really hot is uh, Wagner right now is an incredibly hot uh, player to collect. And so we currently, in the upcoming auction, we have a M116 Blue uh, Wagner Sporting News, which, I mean, we just saw an incredible result uh, recently for one of those in a PSA 3. This is an authentic. It looks unbelievable. The back has some paper loss, and I think this is going to outperform Wagner just has that allure because of the Tito Six Wagner. It's just this iconic image and figure. Obviously, he was a great player, but I think it's starting to elevate some of the other issues that he has. Calvin, can I make a confession? Absolutely. That PSA 3 in the other auction was mine. It's incredible. I'm sure you was blown away. I was dumbfounded. I was yeah. dumbfounded. And by the way... You can tell your boss that I have another one tucked away for you guys uh, at some point in time. But uh, okay. it's, uh, I do, honestly. What I try to do is I try to spread the wealth, and I really do, between all of our friend auction houses. And I kind of go in rotation. But anyway, it was... Well, I we're going to have to get you to spread the wealth only to one place. <laughs> that, that technically wouldn't be spreading. Here's something but... <laughs> else that's coming up in a future auction. That's unbelievable. Well, that's the M116. Yeah, it's blue. It's a 5.5. Wow. Oh, my God. That'll come up in a future. Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. So that one's going to blow away. Think think about what that's going to fetch. Oh, it's. And let me tell you something. And I I can tell you something right now. There are three private collectors that I know that, and I'm not one of them, that are on the hunt for a high-grade M116. Three. It's a beautiful looking card. It's a great card. Great card. Anyway. Yep. All right. So, uh, you know, Wagner, we can talk about Wagner all day long. We've, we've, we've beat a dead horse with Wagner. Is, yep. So let me get your opinion. We can put, bring this up as we go on in the show, too. You guys have been doing the collecting and in the collecting business longer than I have, especially with vintage. Who's the Mount Rushmore of collectibles? Wagner. Wagner's on there. 
Ruth's on there. Where's the other two? Mantle. And who's the fourth? Garrick? That's a good question. Matthewson? That's a good question. Who's the fourth? Who is the fourth? Uh, that's a very good question. I think I think that that uh, Mount Rushmore can be interchangeable on any given day by any any uh, any very any anybody that's talking right now. But I, mean, I, think, I think but Ruth and, and Wagner are, are like etched in yeah, stone. But, though, aren't it, they? It, I mean, Ruth and uh, Wagner. I think I think Ruth is for sure. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I don't know how you leave uh, Gary Goff. Um, I think he meant a lot to the sport, obviously. And uh, I think Mickey Mantle are the three for sure. The fourth um, one is really tough. I mean, I think Wagner is up there, but I'll tell you what, we're going to later in the segment here, I'm going to share some stats with you about Christy Matthews and that will blow you. You know something? He's in, he's on my list. And because you've got a a 1910 E93 Christy Matthewson could Christy Matthewson pitch today? Yeah. Why not? I'm, I'm asking the question. Good pitchers can pitch. I think all these guys can pitch I today. Think simply pitchers can pitch in any generation. Horses. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. plus the mound is, is higher today. Are you kidding me? Well, is, imagine, imagine telling Christy Matthewson you only have to go four or five. Are you kidding me? Right? <laughs> That's a quality start. And plus the mound's are higher today. Imagine telling Nolan Ryan, you know, you don't have to throw 150 pitches tonight. You get to throw 74. I mean, really? <laughs> That's a good Give point. me a break. <laughs> He's like, I'll throw 74 in the first This is like This is like the argument about, you know, the Larry Bird today. Larry Bird would score 40 points a game today. He wouldn't even have to run, rebound, or jump. He'd hang out at the three-point line, <laughs> get the ball, and shoot it. I mean, it, it's a different – those those guys can play. I think pitchers can pitch in any generation, Calvin. Good I, I agree. I think yeah. hitters can hit in any generation. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to compare, like, teens and 20s to uh, present-day baseball. But, I mean, if you look at, like, what they had to go through, they didn't. They were not comforted and pampered like right. today's players. I mean, they they were real men. They were real players. And those players could play today. These dudes, I mean, were, they, you, were, they were pouring concrete they were. in the offseason. I, I agree. Like, you know what I mean? They had jobs, right? How, kept, about, the, how, how, about, the, how about the situation where – you know, Ruth hits a home run and it curves around the foul pole, foul, but it's over the fence and it's a considered a foul ball. That was only changed up until <laughs> that's a very I think good 1930 point, right? or 1931 or whatever. Great so, point. I mean, how many more home runs would he have had? 60, 70, 80? Who knows? What's the grade on that E on that Matthewson card? Do you know? It's uh, I believe it's a one, if I'm not mistaken. That's a it great has, card. It has some slight paper loss at the lower uh, front portion of the card. It's beautiful, well centered. Um, but it does have a little bit of a uh, slight paper loss. So. Got about a minute Staying left. on the then and now thing, I make the argument more that I'm not sure today's players could play back then because Correct. they're so pampered today. Yeah. Everything is presented right. to them, the best equipment, the best everything. That's a good point. I'm not sure they could play back then and do what those I guys I mean, pitcher, who's the best shot stop in baseball today, defensively? Pick somebody. Uh, anyway. I mean, I, I, it's not Bogarts, but okay. let me just say Bogarts. Okay, yeah. could, could, could Xander Bogarts feel like he feels today using a glove right. from 1920. Hey, right. Right? Yeah. Couldn't and, do and it. And riding on a train or whatever, not having, not a private jet. You know what I mean? I get it. You know, it's. You know what's amazing is you look at all the, all the advances in medicine and technology and training and, and levels of comfort in today's player. And they play less. Exactly. They play less. And they get hurt more. They play less. And they get they hurt more. more. Yeah. And they right? have less resources. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You know, before we get off this topic, I I wanted to kind of share these stats about Matheson because we were kind of talking about Matheson and can these players have played in today's game. Matheson played 17 years, right? Do you know how many 20-win seasons he had? 13. He did. 
and 12 of them were consecutive. <laughs> he had 13 out of 14 seasons. He had 20 or more wins. Yeah, it's crazy. In, yeah, crazy. In numbers. fact, he had an ERA below two five years. Right. And how many and innings did he years, pitch a four year? Four years in a row. How many innings did he pitch a year, roughly? About three, four hundred innings? <laughs> no, probably three hundred. He pitched a lot. But documented? Not even documented, right? I mean. <laughs> All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Calvin Arnold from IREA is in the house. When we come back, we've got some other great items we're going to talk about. And I want to throw some stuff out to you guys about fakes, scams, okay. a little of everything. Hang in there, and we're going to come back with another Gax Moment. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Let's go! Hi everyone, this is Rico Petroselli, JustCollect.com. A leader in the vintage sports card industry is giving free appraisals on your vintage cards. They'll evaluate your collection for free and let you know the value of it at no cost and no obligation. If you're ready to sell, JustCollect.com will offer you industry-leading prices to buy your card collection. To begin your free baseball card appraisal, visit JustCollect.com or call them at 732-828-2261. That's JustCollect.com for your free vintage card appraisals and top buy prices for your cards. Check out JustCollect.com today. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. 
or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Welcome to another Gax Moment brought to us each week by our good friend Paul Borges and PB Collectibles, your neighborhood card store. Go to pbcollectibles.com to find that special card or piece of memorabilia. As we all know, the 1914 and 1915 Cracker Jack collection is one of the most iconic sets in the hobby. Some of the great Hall of Famers of the pre-war era, as well as other notable players, and yes, some commons make up this great set. We're not certain why some players were chosen and some left off the issue. Babe Ruth, for instance, could, not, could have been included in the 1915 issue, but wasn't. It's interesting that one player is included in the Cracker Jack collection, and no one seems to know why. Ira Thomas was a decent catcher for the Philadelphia A's during the early years of the 20th century. However, over that two-year period of 1914 and 1915, and that was the years that the CJ set was issued, Thomas had exactly three at-bats and batted 0-0-0 over that two-year period. Thomas was a very good defensive catcher and a mediocre hitter. I think he hit about 250 over his career. And he also showed great leadership skills, uh, skills with Connie Mack's World Series Philadelphia A's in 1910 and 1911. But as the seasons went on, Thomas's career began to spiral. Like Mack, Ira Thomas did not believe in drinking, smoking, or nightlife. This became a problem with his teammates because ball players, being ball players, they enjoyed all of those things. As Thomas's career waned, Mack decided to make him a player coach and named him captain of the A's in 1914. Mack's decision led to some dissension on the team, and although they again got to the World Series, they were swept. The following season, Connie Mack dismantled the team, but kept Thomas on as a coach. Why is Ira Thomas in the Cracker Jack collection while other notable players are not? I suspect that Connie Mack may have been behind the scenes in the decision to add Thomas to the set. In any event, Ira Thomas, who batted 0-0-0 during the 1914 and 1915 seasons, has a prominent place in Cracker Jack card history, while some of the other key players, like Eddie Roush, Hal Chase, and Clark Griffith, did not make the cut. Go figure. And that's another Gax moment. Okay, let's get back to our good friend, Calvin, from REA Auctions. Calvin. You got a uh, you got a, a DiMaggio play ball, nineteen thirty nine. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the DiMaggio play ball uh, is a is a four. 
you know, I know that uh, DiMaggio and Williams are both in that set. And I think one of the uh, one of the things that most people look at is Williams or DiMaggio, which one, you know, and I think Williams is probably the better choice than that. DiMaggio has a 36 worldwide uh, gum card. And I think uh, I think the Williams card, they both they both have a similar pop. But uh, I think Williams is the better card in that set. Um, Although DiMaggio, DiMaggio has a huge collecting base, you know, obviously because he's a Yankee and I think another great, great pickup. You know, again, you guys may disagree with me. I don't think there's any comparison between the two players as ball players. You think Williams is better? I, I think Williams is much better. I disagree. <clears throat> um, I think Williams is a better hitter, but I don't think he was that much a better hitter. I think DiMaggio was a much better outfielder than Ted Williams. And I think over as a player, and I think the New York thing and the championship thing has a lot to do with it. You know, Joe DiMaggio won championships. Ted Williams won none. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame Ted. Ted Williams won none. You can't blame him Ted Williams, let me say it again. <laughs> Ted Williams won. And my favorite player of all time, Kyle Yastrzemski, won none. But who did they have surrounding them? None. They won none. Calvin, help okay? me here. Will you help me here? Look, I can turn it around and say how many were the Yankees won without DiMaggio. I yeah, mean, listen, I, I think John has a, you has, know, a, has a point. I take although, Joe DiMaggio um, over Ted Williams if I'm picking a player. Really? That's what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think guys are picking uh, Williams over DiMaggio if they're looking for value. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, look, Williams – you can make an argument for either player. Williams was a great hitter. DiMaggio was, you know, a good hitter and a great outfielder as well. He played for the New York Yankees. So, you know, I think it's, it's an argument uh, based on preference. Yeah. All right, so uh, what else? Uh, Nick, you know, tell us about some Wait, of the Wait, before other- we move on, if you flip-flop the two, like you talked about earlier, you put Williams in New York, DiMaggio They're both big markets. If you put Williams in New York and he wins all those championships, he's, he's, the, he's the greatest player who ever all lived. Time. He's the greatest player of all ever time. Lived. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, interesting argument, although you just said he was only a good hitter, John. No, Williams was a great hitter. No, no, I said Williams was a great hitter. I said DiMaggio wasn't, yeah. wasn't that far behind him. No, but he's no, Williams saying, is the best hitter who ever no, lived. No, but, but you're say, you're, you just said— But if he played in New York and won all those titles, he'd be the greatest player of all time. But he's still not, he's Defensively, he wasn't that good, you said. Doesn't matter because he'd have the rings, baby. Oh, jeez. So it's all about the rings. It's all about the rings. It's partly about the rings. What else do we have, Calvin? Uh, we have some really good items. We have uh, 52 Mantle, SGC 2.5, uh, another iconic card, just like a Wagner. Uh, one of the things that we have in this upcoming auction that we have quite a few of is signed cards. Signed cards is another area where, like tickets, it's really gained in value. I mean, many decades ago, people felt that it was sacrilegious to get their cards signed. Right. And therefore, what we have today is a rarity in terms of the amount of uh, signed cards that are available and uh, in combination with the high-grade cards, one of them being a 58 uh, Aaron and Mantle signed card. We have we have a 58 Aaron signed card. We have a very cool 54 Bowman Williams uh, signed card. That's a PSA 4 with an 8 signature, and we have several 33 Gaudi signed Got a cards. quick question about those signed cards, Calvin. Uh, I don't know if it adds or detracts from value. If a card... It's, say you have a 58 or a 59 or a 60 Hank Aaron signed by Hank Aaron in 1960 versus uh, this, that same card signed by Hank Aaron in 1971. Is there a difference in the value? One card's in pen, one card's in Sharpie. 
Yeah, I think there is. I mean, I think uh, playing days or vintage signatures add value to to the card. If you take a look at Mantle, Mantle signed a tremendous amount in the 80s, right? I mean, did tons of shows. You could find signed items for hundreds of dollars. But you you take a you take a ball that's signed by him in the 50s, and it's you know could be tens of thousands of dollars. So yes, I do think it adds a tremendous amount of value. That's a very interesting point. I mean, that's that's something we have you and I have I know, not talked I know. about is when it's signed. Yeah. You know, not just the fact that it is signed, but when it's signed. Absolutely. That's a great point on your part. I'm going to mark that down as one. We are are chatting with Calvin Arnold from (laughs) REA Auctions. Hey, why don't you tell our viewers and listeners and people listening to us, by the way, on their favorite podcast, in their car, (laughs) on their toilet seat, wherever. Why don't you yeah, tell us we're, about we're, the... We're, we're big in the bathroom. We really tell are. us about the Philly Show. I will. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collectors Show. The Philly Show from Friday, September 22nd, my birthday, to Sunday, September 24th, held at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, Hall B, 100 Station Ave, Oaks, PA. Shop over 300 of your favorite hobby dealer booths on over 100,000 square feet of sports collectibles heaven from the 1800s to present day. Major sports auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly, and all kids 12 and under get in free. Autograph guests to include Pete. Rose, the hit king, Baseball Hall of Famers Jim Tomey and Pedro Martinez, and 2023 inductee Scott Rowland. Basketball <laughs> legends, I agree. Excuse me. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Sorry. Basketball legends Julius, Dr. J. Irving, and Alan Iverson, and many more. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all started. It's beginning to be known as the Hall of Average. Yeah, the Hall of Good. The Hall of Average, or right. the Hall of Good. I mean, with all, I, I I, listen, even, Scott Rowland was a good player. He's got no damn business I wouldn't in the Hall even of Fame. have remotely had the words Scott Rowland and Hall of Famer roll out of my mouth. <laughs> right, right. Until I saw that he was actually Hall of Fame Timber. I, I, I totally agree. Again, when we say these things, Kevin, we sound like we're trashing the player. Great no, player. He was a good player. Really great player. He was a good player. Excellent player. Not yeah. a Hall of Famer. I think there's a lot of great players in baseball, but I don't think there's a lot of great Hall of Famers. I you know? totally agree with you. You're right. You know, you could. I mean, so it's right, not buddy. about trashing the player. You're the right. The player can have a great career and be incredibly valuable in baseball and to yes. the team, but they're just not Hall, hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. Totally agree with you. You know, yeah. listen. Compare Ted Lyons with Louis Tian. Compare their numbers. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like ridiculous. Yes, I agree. It's ridiculous. I mean, to me, with the Harold Baines thing was another one. A lot of people, yeah. Yeah. Again, solid hitter, professional hitter. Right? Right? When I think of Harold Baines, I think of, okay, like Al Oliver. Good hitters, solid Solid. professional hitters. Totally agree. Not Hall of Famers. Calvin, Otani. Are Otani cards, now that he's injured, the value heading south I think you're going to see a little bit of softness in those cards, but Otani is a generational player. So I think that long-term his cards will do just fine. I mean, I think that he's going to continue to hit. He's not going to pitch. He's going to be out what six months or something of that nature. But from a, from a standpoint of, you know, how great he is as a player, I just don't see his cards suffering long-term if he continues on the same trajectory. So what happens if he has his surgery comes back and becomes either a mediocre pitcher or doesn't pitch, is, and he's getting paid huge money to be a DH? Yeah, I mean, to me, if he, if he doesn't come back, if he doesn't pitch and hit 
for a long time coming now, then I think that changes it. Now, he, he may hit and end up having tremendous stats and still have tremendously valuable memorabilia, but it's the hitting and pitching thing, Calvin, right, that makes this guy uh, it, so unique right now. It's definitely that combination. Yeah. I mean, because the comparison at this point is to Ruth, right? Yeah, that's I mean, it, right. <laughs> you know, that's the whole buzz about Atani. Obviously, he puts up the stats, but the buzz is he, he's compared to Ruth all the time. Although I will, I will tell you, John, I do think that he will have value and longevity if he doesn't pitch because that's just one aspect of it. Yes. I think, again, you know, he's not long for the Angels. He's going to go to a team that probably isn't a huge market, right. going to win a championship or two, yep. and that's going to really elevate his status. I agree. If he doesn't pitch another inning, he's still going to have a tremendous career hitting-wise, and he'll yeah. still be one of the great names in the hobby. So let me – we talked a little about this in the first. I want to get both your opinions on it because we talk about this a lot when doing other radio shows, just talking sports and not necessarily collectibles. Is it the rings or, or is it the stats? Okay. You know, because you look at guys like, you know, Dan Marino, to me, arguably, maybe the best quarterback in terms of playing the position in the history of the game. I'd put him up against anyone, Brady, Manning, zero rings. Okay, and he, it's, always, it's always that footnote, never won the Super Bowl, never won the Super Bowl. Uh, I look at Joe Montana, great quarterback, don't get me wrong, in a great spot, great players all around him, Jerry Rice, everyone, you know, four Super Bowls. In terms of the collectibles, in terms of the hobby, both you guys, when, you, when players are being valued, whether it's by people buying them, selling them, or people in the business, is it rings or stats? I, I, personally, I don't think rings have anything to do with it. Okay. And I'll give you, for instance, okay. how many rings did Bobby Richardson have? Use him as an example, yep. right? Yep. Bobby Richardson is a good player. No one ever talks about that. He was on, I don't know how many world championship teams, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. So I think, I think the stats are, are much more important. What do you think, Calvin? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword in that uh, question because you use Bobby Richardson as an example. He's not Mantle or Maris. So at, at right. the end of the day, like you take a player, I think it's a combination of stats and championship rings. But I think if you have stats and no championship rings, I think you're less viewed. Dan Marino was a great example. That's the example I was going to use. His cards, they're popular. They they have some value, but they don't have the value of Joe Montana, Joe Namath, guys like that. Right. So I I would lean more towards its its championships really? with with an emphasis on stats. Because you obviously you have to have the stats. You can't go through right. you can't be Trent Dilfer and win a Super Bowl and then he's all of a sudden some great quarterback or whatever. So I think that there's uh something to be said about both. But I think, I'll lean towards championships. Yeah and I think it's a combo when I look at Brady, Brady had to win five Super Bowls before people started talking about him with Joe Montana. Yeah. And the right. flip side of that is you get a guy named Terry Bradshaw who has four, won four in six years, by the way, which neither one of those guys did. And he's never talked about, what about as one of the great quarterbacks of all time. What about, uh, what's think, his name? Go ahead, Calvin. I'm sorry. I think it's the, mar uh, the marketing of the league. Yep. I mean, I think Brad, uh, Bradshaw, I mean, football was an afterthought a little bit in terms of 60s and 70s. It wasn't commercialized. It wasn't, there weren't endorsements. There weren't a lot of these things that take place now. So I think yep. the players today in, the, in, the, in this generation and the last couple of decades have had that. They've had exposure. No doubt. If there was social media during Bradshaw, or 70s players, yeah. oh my gosh, these players would be and larger than the life. Same can be said for basketball, I think. And Michael Jordan, who's the 100%. pinnacle of that, Michael Jordan benefited greatly from Bird and Magic and what they did a few years before he got well, in the league. what about the uh, quarterback for Buffalo, Kelly? Was, yeah, Jim Kelly. If Jim Kelly 
<laughs> he was in six, five Super Bowls, six Super Bowls, four whatever. Super Bowls in a row. In a row. Lost. If he wins all four. <laughs> if he wins two. Right? <laughs> if, he, if he wins one or two, his whole, the whole complexion of his career changes. Right, right Calvin? 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's about, I mean, people love to uh, associate with winners, right? I yeah. mean, they, they love the fact he's now remembered, unfortunately, for losing four Super Bowls, right? And that's just not something you want to be remembered for. But if he won those or won two of them, like John said, I think he's one of the greatest that played the game. What else do we have? Uh, I don't know. You were you were talking about you wanted to bring up something about uh, fakes or that. This oh, that. yeah, that's good. That's I do want to talk about that. You know, again, we did another Gax moment probably two or three weeks ago. I had read a really interesting article. It was a great article for collectors. Yeah. And not not novice collectors, but intermediate collectors about the fakes that are out there, scams, the shysters that are out there. And the one thing that really stuck out, I want to get your opinion on this. The article said, do not trust any autograph. Don't trust any autograph unless it's authenticated. Do you agree with that, Calvin? Listen, I, I believe in authentication. I think authentication has provide a uh, provided a level of comfort uh, to a lot of collectors, especially collectors brand new coming into the space. You need to have some kind of you know authentication uh, that you can stand behind and trust. But I think there's quite a, there's tons of people out there that know autographs very well and can buy autographs uh, unauthenticated, you know. But, you know, it is a tricky business. Listen, at the end of the day, what do they say, right? The only autograph that's real is the one that you got in person and, and it's videotaped. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like there's quite a few quite a few people in this industry that can look at an autograph and say absolutely 100 percent legitimate. So um, have you noticed have you guys noticed uh, an uptick in trimmed cards, for instance, or doctored cards over the last couple of years? I mean, it, it exists. We we haven't really noticed that. We're very good at fleshing those out and making sure that, you know, our auctions are, you know, very clean. But I mean, look, you're asking an authentication company to be absolutely perfect. Name somebody in this industry that's perfect, right? It's just not going to happen. So I think they do a great job uh, identifying those things that are, you know, not legitimate or have, have been, um, you know, worked with. But uh at the end of the day, I think that uh, there's in any industry. I mean, whether wherever there's money, there's always people trying to take advantage. Things are better now, though, than they were. Well, possibly well, because they're being policed ago, right? better. Yeah, they, yeah, they are right. being policed better. Right. Right, we have about a minute left. One last question to both of you, real quickly: Does Juan DeFranco come back, or does he go into the junk pile? What do you think, Calvin? This is the perils of modern collecting, right? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you have Mantle who can't do anything to hurt his career. And then you have guys that maybe don't have a good moral judgment or moral character and they wreck their entire career. I so. mean, I think it's going to depend on the legalities of everything, right? I mean, this yeah. is a very serious offense. Yeah. This, this, very is, this is very, this is a young person yeah. involved. Okay. So if he's cleared... Then I think eventually he comes back, and if he obviously plays well, then he, he rejuvenates himself. If not, then yeah, he's, he's done. done. He's done. Yeah. Your website address is? RobertEdwardAuctions.com. Auction opens up September 14th, runs through the 24th. Uh, visit, 
Lots of great items in the auction. I'm eyeing a couple myself. I'm eyeing a couple myself. <laughs> Calvin, we got to have you back. You you get it. You Fantastic. understand what we're all yeah. about. We had a blast with you. Great job, man. Yeah, this was wonderful. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, tell, tell Dwyer he's out. Tell Dwyer he's, he's out. out. He's, he's out. out. He's out. <laughs> I think you'll be happy with that. <laughs> all right. Take care. We'll see take care. You. Calvin Arnold from REA Auctions. Awesome. Robert Edward Auctions. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Rockhurst, Jeff Marin is going to be in the house. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. With record-breaking sales from everything from the white border T206 Hollandus Wagner for $3.12 million to some great items that support the Jackie Robinson Foundation, Golden Auctions has set the highest standards for the finest in sports cards, autographs, and game-used memorabilia. We're always accepting consignments of high-end premium sports treasures or entire collections. Please register for our next auction and bid now at goldenauctions.com. That's golden with an I. We at Golden Auctions are committed to providing Providing unsurpassed customer service for the discriminating collector. That's exactly why we're the leader in the industry. Visit goldenauctions.com or call 856-767-8550. Remember, Golden Auctions. We don't just break records, we shatter them. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. 
present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetroselliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petroselli Marketing, where no dream is impossible. So how does your company or organization do promotion? Zap, imprinted products, keeps your brand in front of your customers more than any other form of advertising. It was rhetorical. Don't answer. We don't for get the stuff best, for nothing from Petroselli. For the best on-time service and new ideas for your next project, give Petroselli Marketing Group a call at 800-264-4294 or email them at mp at petrocellimkt.com. He won't even give us a goddamn pen. <laughs> It's ridiculous. He's so cheap. He is amazingly cheap. Deep Park is Petroselli. That's his nickname. All right, let's talk to our good buddy Jeff Marin from Rockhurst. Mr. Marin, how are you? What are all those hockey right. sticks behind you? The hell yeah, are those? We got, we got a couple of big collections of hockey sticks in this time. Oh, my God. Nice. Yeah, that's just part of it. Uh, you know, it ebbs and flows in this business, so you never know what's going to come next. And it was, it was funny. It actually happened on back-to-back days. Two separate phone calls, two separate hockey stick collections. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's probably 100-plus sticks in the auction. Did you play hockey? 
I know. Me Street hockey. I, I never, played I hall, NHL National I'm Hall. I'm not good locker. with things on water, frozen or otherwise. <laughs> so I couldn't yeah. skate backwards myself. But yeah, I not, on, a lot of street pond. hockey, though. Lot I, of street Jeff, hockey. what are some of the highlights uh, in the auction? Uh, you know, we've actually got one of uh, Jordan's game used shoes. Uh, a girl, local girl here, won it in a 1988 basketball camp with him. There's a great video of her hitting a free throw at about 10 years old, and uh, she got to pick out one of the game used shoes he brought in for the girls to the camp. Nice. Uh, the yeah. interesting thing is it's one of the few uh, non-Jordan gamers that he wore during his career. There was a little blip in 88 where he was, you know, opposed. Uh, the rumor has it he was pissed off at the design team at Nike, so he wore these non-Jordan shoes three what, or four what, games. What make are they, do you know? Uh, they're actually a Nike Air Alpha Force. Nice. He wore them for about three, four games in February, January, February of 1988. Good photos of them. It's not a as, cool story. Not as good as my high-top Chuck Taylor's <laughs> at Austin Prep, my senior year. Right. Were they green? No, they were white. But right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Think about this: playing basketball. We played varsity basketball. Yeah. The entire team, high top Chuck Taylor's. That you're That's, better off. Uh, yeah. Playing in sand. No, absolutely no. Nothing. That's what we wore when I was playing grammar school nothing. basketball in the seventies. Right. We wore. Yeah. Well, there was no cushion at all in those <laughs> <No>. things. <laughs> Even in the 80s, I used to pick them up because before they got fashionable again, I could buy them for 10 bucks. Yeah, right? Exactly. So if I was on my way home from work in the 80s, I would stop and grab a pair and just play. And then my that wife was throwing away about a dozen pairs. What else do you have? What are some of the other highlights, uh, Jeff? Uh, you know, we've got a lot of nice cards. Uh, it's a really nice card auction, a lot of uh, single graded cards, you know, sets, partial sets. That's uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, tops, the usual suspects. We got a 51 Bowman Mantle rookie. Um, some other nice singles. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of autographs in the auction. It's a really big autograph auction. It just sort of uh, kind of ballooned up that way. Um, there's a massive roof signed photo over my shoulder here. That. That's kind of great. It's from '48. He signed it to a, um, a Catholic boys organization in uh, in Boston. Um, there's another roof photo in the auction. There's um, there's some nice game use stuff. There's a, uh, like I said, the hockey collection is pretty great. It came, one of them came from what's called the net setter for the Blackhawks. He was actually a fan that sat on the ice, sat right on the ice. And in the mid sixties, they asked him before a game, Hey, can you, can you put the net on, you know, to this goal right in front of you? So he did. And he became friendly with the crew and he ended up doing it for 50 years. Oh, um, he put the every, net on, on, the goal? On, the, on the goal. Yeah. Every that seems like a hard job actually. <laughs> So he started asking for sticks and autographs, and over the you know over the course of fifty years, he just passed away a couple of years ago. He oh, assembled man. quite a collection of gamers from all these different hawks. Plus, he was getting sticks from the opponents, you know. So it's it's uh, it's a great collection, and it's the sourcing is fantastic. And as we researched each stick, it was like every one was like a check mark. Yep, yep, gamer, gamer, gamer. Um, so that that's a really great collection. Um, I, I have to ask you. Business, I have you know. to ask you about one card, uh, Jeff, because it's haunted me since I was a kid, and I ripped it apart. Uh, the <laughs> Bird, Irving, and Magic. You keep telling you, you've told me that story. I, it's what, just what, what haunted me forever. What were you thinking? Because I didn't like. Because I hated <laughs> Julius Irving and Magic Johnson, and I didn't so want them anywhere. Not only we not only have a good example in the auction of that card in a decent grade. It's like signed. It's signed, right, by all three. I've, I've got another another copy that is signed by all three. That's why I wanted to ask you, because I hadn't seen yeah. it signed by all three. Oh, my that's God. All neat. three signatures have been graded gem mint 10. Wow. Oh, my. That, that's, that's, a, right? that's a home run. Are you kidding me? That's yeah. a home run. And, and you know and something. Told, and they all signed so tidy on their own little section. Right. It's fantastic. It's I didn't amazing. want those two guys anywhere near my it's, guy. It's, it's a, no, but it, you know something. So. Magic, <laughs> magic, you're always tolerated. But I'll tell you what 
Larry Bird and Julia Serving, when they played against each other, genuinely disliked each oh, other. They hated each other. Remember the, the choke? organizations? Remember yeah. that, Jeff? Remember that famous yeah. choke picture? The, the choke thing. Yeah, that's a great. And if I'm not mistaken, I've shown my kid just glimpses of games from the '80s. He's like. What's going on? Yeah. It looks like a street fight. I I'm think, like, yeah, by the way, I think right? that choke like? game. I Kurt, think Kurt Rambis. There's two oh, things about that choke game. One, I could be wrong. I think it was a preseason game. <laughs> My bad. And the second thing was Red Auerbach came down from the crowd <laughs> and was ready to fight Billy Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's, you know something. But that card signed, that's a winner. Yeah, man. That's, that's a, a great that's card. Yeah. That, that card yeah. should be six to 10,000. You know, you know something, Jeff? Is it my imagination or? Or, I mean, listen, Rockhurst Auctions is famous for what you do. You do a lot of non-sports stuff, especially with the Elvis stuff, music. But you seem to have really, really uh, uh, delved into the sports memorabilia market in the last year or so. I know you've always done it, but, I mean, you've, you've got some amazing items. Are you, are you spending more, putting more effort into that, or is it just yeah. happening? No, I'm definitely making, we definitely made efforts over the, over the last couple of years. You know, my, my experience goes back to the nineties with a couple of big auction houses. So, you know, my, my client base uh, that's come with me all this, these 25 years, you know, I, I spent a lot of time doing that before I really started specializing in rock and roll for a few years. And then I kind of brought it all together here at rockers, but yeah, absolutely. That, that part of the business has grown for us every auction. So it's been that's pretty great. fun. Good to know. And Good we know, know about the, you know, obviously the Elvis stuff is just unbelievable, but you have some other, you have Beatles, the Stones, Hendrix, but you have a lot of great music items in this auction. Yeah. That's a, it's a nice selection. We definitely always have some Elvis stuff that never fails. In fact, they've got his, uh, the helmet that was made for him for Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, oh, very right. nice. The racing helmet. Yeah. Right. I have that <laughs> written down. I was going to ask him about that. Do you have anything by the, uh, anything by the Shandells? <laughs> no, sorry, no chandelles. Also, um, no any Herman's hermits or anything. Right. Right. Hey, I usually see a hermit. There's uh, what is there? Some John oh, Love and Spoonful. Hey, just, love and we only have a couple hey, of minutes. Uh, just, just seriously, yeah. Yeah. just, uh, just quickly. In another, I think you know, I was a musician. Yes. And when I was a kid, I was 14 years old. We had a band, and actually, we were pretty good. And we signed a contract for 200 bucks, four of us, 50 bucks each, Friday night at Central Catholic. And we opened up for every week Peter and Gordon, the Love and Spoonful, the Barbarians, uh, the Marquettes, and uh, one or two other bands. What was your band called? The Four of Us. The Four of Us. <laughs> and we really gave that a lot of thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 14 years old, 50 bucks. And real quickly, uh, we, we opened up for Peter and Gordon, and their backup band was a band called the, uh, now it's, it's, it was a blues band. I can't remember the name of the blues band. Young guys, 18, 19 years old. Our lead guitarist had a Fender Stratocaster, 14 years old. The lead guitarist and vocalist, something bees, the bumblebees or something. You may know this, Jeff. The lead, the lead <laughs> guitarist and vocalist offered to buy his guitar. Oh, yeah? He said, no, I don't want to sell it. You know who that was? Who? David Bowie. No way. David Bowie. The King Bees. It was the King Bees was the name of the band. Okay. David Bowie was the lead singer. He must have been about 17 wow. years old. Wanted right. to buy Tony Fiorino. Tony says, no, not interested. We found out years later it was David Bowie. Wow. All right. Your auction site address is... 
Rockhurstauctions.com. Our auction closes this Thursday and Friday, the uh, 14th and 15th. All right, so you've got two days. Tonight's uh, Wednesday. Amazing, amazing stuff. It does. It really amazing is. You've got stuff. some cool yeah. stuff, man. Thanks, closes tomorrow night and Friday night, because today's Wednesday, yep. Jeff, because we pre-recorded. You know all that, right? Oh. <laughs> and uh, wish you what the best. I'm sorry? <laughs> What'd you say? What, what day is it now? That's right. <laughs> We're confused. All right, Jeffrey, we love you, and uh, good luck with the auction. Good seeing you guys. Stick, hey, stick, stick with us till we say goodbye. Too. Stay with us till we say goodbye. JM, Absolutely. good good time this week. Always, man. Yeah, it was great. Fun. Great talk. Don't forget discussion. to wear your New Jersey. Next next time. Uh, two different colors. I saw that. Right. Chrissy, thank you all, as usual. And to our viewers and listeners, we love you guys. Happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.